good day. It's a Tuesday. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the off day. You enjoyed your time away. I know we're kind of getting back into the swing of things a little bit. That's okay. It's okay. We're good to go. Good to go. Uh, ben Kenny has made it. His, the funny thing is, Ben, you didn't have the travel problems that a lot of people are still having, did you? None at all, Bill. It was a great experience. It was efficient. It was enjoyable. And I'm very grateful. I do not take that for granted because I've seen all of the disasters around the country. Oh, oh my God. I have gotten, I still have friends that are stuck. Uh, apparently, Southwest Airlines sucks and has whatever it is. Uh, I saw that a friend of mine put out some kind of quote from an employee there that said it was their software, it was the weather, it was God himself came down off the mountain and uh, said that Southwest will stink this entire week. They're not going to be able They went to South Padre Island with Southwest, and they were supposed to come back on Sunday. And then it was Monday. Then it was today. And now they're being told they will not make it home, at least until Saturday or Sunday. And Southwest is trying to figure out how they're going to pay for all these people that are stuck. Uh, you know, now it's, it's a hell of a place to be stuck. But when you got to be back this week to work, it's uh, <laughs> it's not it's not great. But there are people stuck. I saw the uh, the news teams yesterday, both nationally and locally. Everybody was camped out at the airport. And all the people that were in line that were stuck that had flights canceled. And apparently New York is really, really bad. Uh, I know West uh, Western upstate New York is awful. Buffalo area is awful. The amount of snow they've gotten again. I Man, I they already had like six feet. And now they got two and a half, three more feet dumped on them. I, I can't even imagine that. Can't fathom it. But they did. And so they've got even more snow. And then between that and then the blowing wind and... They said they had hurricane force winds, and it's like, wow, that's just, that's a mess. That's a nightmare uh, up there right now. So, anyway, that being said, man, I'm glad you got home safe. So, uh, there you have it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to do so. Packers get a win over the weekend, as we know. And now it is up to 25% for the Green Bay Packers getting themselves into the postseason, if they get a win. If they get a win against the Vikings, it goes up to 56.5%. 56.5% if they beat the Vikings come this Sunday. What a uh, what a turn of events. They still have to win, and it's going to be a tough task. And the good news is it's not going to be terrible weather. The bad news is it's not going to be terrible weather. Uh, it's uh, not going to be unbelievably cold. You kind of like it cold for uh, teams that play in domes that don't have to deal with the weather. Then again, they live in it, so it's not like they're not accustomed to it. But uh, it's not going to be bad. It's actually, uh, as the week goes on, it's going to warm up. We're talking 50s. 50s on Friday, 40s on uh, Saturday uh, into the new year, and then uh, upper 30s, mid-30s. Then coming up on Sunday. So it's not going to be a terrible weekend. Not at all. Um, so, you know, now the uh, speculation begins. Can this team get a win? Can they knock off Minnesota? I believe they can. I actually looked at this. Ben, if I had to give you the two games, uh, Miami on the road or Minnesota at home, which were the uh, of the two games that you feel were, was the tougher? Miami. 
and partially because of what we have seen from the Packers going to Florida and the matchup of Miami's passing game and Joe Barry's defense, I was I was all in that boat. But after what we saw on Sunday, I do think when it's all said and done, the Vikings will prove to be the tougher test because they don't have Tua under center. Yeah, see, I I thought that the Vikings would be the tougher test at home because the Vikings destroyed them up in Minnesota. I mean, embarrassed them. And if you're a Packer and you're getting ready for practice or maybe you're off today and, you know, you're going to be back at it tomorrow and you've got a a defensive mind to you, you were embarrassed in Minnesota. Your offensive line stunk. Rodgers was under pressure all day. And Justin Jefferson could still be catching passes if he wanted to do so. You you were embarrassed. That was a, that was a terrible. Perf- you never were in that game, and obviously Christian Watson going down now with a hip injury, and we'll wait and see if he even if he even comes close to being able to play. It's 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 just it just when you start to believe in the kid, he's just turning up to be fragile. Uh, I I don't know how else to put it. Just fragile as a football player. Um, so it looks like he's, uh, at least for the time being, you, you know, now I have not heard, have you heard an update on him by the way? No, I have not. Yeah, I haven't either. So I don't know if, uh, um, and, and you know, Mike, uh, I just heard Mike Clemens on with, uh, Evo and those guys this morning, didn't really mention as to whether or not he heard anything either. So, uh, now we'll wait and see, but yeah, it's, uh, it's disappointing. You cannot keep him and Romeo Dubs on the same field at the same time. It's just it's it's tough. Now the Packers still got to win and which is fantastic. But this is the reason and I know going into next season some people were saying, "Well, they really don't need um you know, to go out and get themselves a free agent because, you know, Christian Watson is so good." No, they do. This is the reason why. You need to go find a guy, a very solid, durable performer and another good pass catcher because you cannot rely on Christian Watson to stay healthy. He he just he doesn't stay healthy, and that that's part of the part of the problem. Uh, it's great to say that you have that talent and you're stable, but <laughs> if he's going to go down every every time he gets touched. It's it's you know I mean <laughs> it's it's tough to have a guy like that because you rely on him. You have expectations. You have anticipation. You love watching him play. You love watching his speed. You love his glide. You love his motion. You love his pass catching ability. The whole thing. And then when he finally gets going, you know the ine- the inevitable is coming, and that is going to be where he's going to miss time, be- because of a uh, because of a uh, you know an issue. So anyway, that being said, uh, if you want to chime in, feel free. Go ahead and hit us up. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Out of the two games, out of the Minnesota game and the Miami game. I don't know why, but I had this weird feeling that they would win in Miami. And the whole can we now put the whole Florida thing to bed? Because they've won two games in Florida, in Tampa Bay and in Miami this year. Can we now officially put that to bed? Or is that still a thing? Is that still a thing, Ben? Where we can, you know, people say, well, you know, they go to Florida. They don't, they're not going to play well. I don't think you can say that anymore. I think it could be shown next time LaFleur is at the podium when they're going to Florida, whether he is asked about their bad record in Florida. Those yeah. are the things that extend the narrative. Yeah. I I don't know uh, what else to, what else to throw out there. You, 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 you're two for two in the state of Florida this year. I'd, I'd call that pretty much a dead myth at this point. And you're, you're two for two with really, not that great of a football team. Not that great of a football team. So 
I'd call that a dead myth at this point. Uh, I always thought the Vikings would be the tougher team because it's a it's a divisional rival. The Vikings are up for this game. Uh, the Vikings don't want to allow the Packers into the postseason because it could end up being that the Packers turn around and face them in round one of the playoffs. You don't want that. You don't want that third visit, that familiar foe, so to speak. I don't, you know, and I know they're going to say the the typical, oh, we don't fear anybody. That's crap. You don't want to see the Green Bay Packers come into your house and, and be the team to knock you off and add that level of uh, and add that level of anxiety to your uh, to your week going in. You don't need that. You'd rather face somebody else. Absolutely sure. Um, now. As fans, if the game goes in your favor, you're like, oh, yes, we got the Packers and we beat them. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think the anxiety leading up to that, the anticipation leading up to that week, that'd be crazy. Be absolutely bananas. 877-867-1670. This is from uh, Tim says it was 45 degrees in Miami, so that helped the Green Bay Packers. I would probably say, yeah, second coldest game in Miami. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I would. It certainly wasn't normal Miami weather, that's for sure. And how about that? Uh, how about this? That Tua goes into the concussion protocol yesterday. So Teddy Bridgewater is going to be taken over for the team until Tua comes back. But he's now in the concussion protocol for the second time this season, and probably concussed for the third time this season. Remember, he got. He looked like he was concussed in that game where they said he had back issues, and we all knew that was full of crap. And then the very next game. He played against Cincinnati and was given the, the West Side Boys peace sign when he went down to the ground and had his fingers all locked up, you know. Um, so we know he was concussed, and then he went into the concussion protocol for a while. I don't know what, what play it happened in in that game against the Packers. People, do we, do we, do, go ahead. People have posted a first-half uh, – it was that little flip out to Gesicki when he was being brought down by a Packers defender – hit the back of his head as he got tackled. But that was at the end of the first half. Right. So he didn't have a, a really good second half. We can all agree on that. I don't know how much that pl- did or didn't play into this whole thing. But maybe it wasn't until the next day that he actually felt the symptoms when he woke up, probably ended up having a you know headache or what have you. But, uh, I you know, he walked into the, the facility yesterday, said he didn't feel good. Didn't feel right. Went into the protocol. They give him the baseline test, and sure enough, it seems like he had been concussed. So two is now out, or at least you know in the protocol right now. We'll wait and see if he is able to play this week. Most likely not, because this is his third concussion this season. But I, it was interesting because I was listening this morning. I was flipping around. I had some meetings this morning, so I was out driving around. I was flipping around on the you know Sirius XM, and I'm listening to all the different sports talk stations. And boy, people are. People are blaming, you know, the NFL for this and blaming, you know, for the, the uh, Miami Dolphins and their medical staff for not seeing. If you don't notice a guy visibly wobbly or anything like that, how how can you how can you then, you know, if the player's not going to come to you and say, hey, something's wrong, and you don't notice anything and nobody notices anything, his, his offensive lineman didn't notice anything, his wife, nobody said anything. It was the next day that he came in and said, hey, I have a headache. And they put him in the protocol. If you don't notice anything, how can you blame the NFL or the, the, the Dolphins? You know, if you don't notice anything at all, how do you, how do you blame the NFL for that issue? 
because the only thing they can rely upon is the actual player to go to the coaches and or the doctors and say, hey, uh, just give me a, a, a quick check here, you know, because I'm feeling a headache or whatever. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can then turn around and blame the NFL. But uh, there are some players, obviously, that are blaming the NFL for saying that, you know, well, quarterbacks are getting hit and then they're going to have Tua now because he's been concussed for a third time. Now everybody's going to start throwing the flags to protect the quarterbacks. I don't necessarily believe that. So I'm, but I, people are blaming the NFL. Oh, well, um, he was, uh, somebody, uh, Michael said after that hit, he was seven of 13, 81 yards and a couple of picks. Okay. Now the, the one pick that everybody is saying, oh my God, he just airmailed it. Uh, if you go back and watch the film, uh, and I hate to say that because that's what Matt LaFleur says. Actually, Rasul Douglas did a great job of baiting him into that throw, that second pick. He did a great job of baiting him into all of that. He he ended up, he, he, he played it as if he was going to break forward and across, and instead he backed up as Tua was getting into his motion. He kind of baited him into that throw. But it, I, to me, it was a really great play. It was a very, very good play. Rather than Tua just you know airmailing a football because he had a concussion, which is what a lot of people wanted to you know make it out to be. And, and don't forget, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, uh, Tua had three picks. So yeah, he threw two after the concussion. But what about prior to that? He had one earlier too. He had one touchdown, three three picks, and he only threw twenty five pass attempts to begin with. Mostert also had the fumble. And, and Campbell uh, made a terrific play and a terrific reach to come up with that football and make the play. So, anyway, I just thought it was rather interesting. He, you know, pre-concussion, he was 9 of 12, 221, uh, 229 yards. He was having a big day, had the one touchdown. Uh, but they said the post-concussion, according to Warren Sharp, was he had three interceptions after what they believed to be was the significant hit. He was 7 of 13, 81 yards. Zero touchdowns and three interceptions. Also, let's not forget that, uh, believe it or not, Joe Barry made an adjustment, specifically at half. They stopped playing soft zone consistently. They started bringing different rushes from different areas. And instead of playing what they call that Miller defense, where they had the outside linebacker or the inside linebackers working outside, working towards the outside and kind of giving up the middle. They put him back in the middle, started bringing pressure from the outside, keeping Tua in the pocket, and they also would were mixing it up as to whether or not uh, they were going to bring Koi Walker, uh, whether it was defending the run and bringing him up or dropping Devondre Campbell back or vice versa. They also changed some things defensively. So I, I'm not going to say, well, to because nobody noticed it. Was it there? Absolutely. I'm not denying that. But people are making it out to be like, well, had he not got concussed, the Packers don't even win that game. Did you notice, Ben, that it's like if if the Packers would have lost this game, it's all the Packers' fault. Joe Barry sucks. Matt LaFleur sucks. Everybody sucks. Rodgers sucks. Everything sucks. But if they win the game, they didn't win it. It's because Tua gave the game away. Yeah, I've heard that. It It did feel like a game, though, that both teams should have won by double digits. Um... Where right. each, each were there and each squandered so many opportunities to really blow the game away 
whether it be for the Dolphins mm-hmm. when they were up 10 and the Packers when they could have, you know, kept scoring late to extend a bigger lead. So, right. I, yes, I did hear that, though. I, I see what you're saying. But it, it just it, it, it just bothers me that, you know, we want to uh, – my argument is, and the one thing we've always done on this show is, if the Packers suck, we've pointed it out. I don't have a problem with that. I've never been corrected on that. They've never told me to shut up on that. As long as we're being honest and not being personal, that it is what it is. But if you try to give credit to anybody, the haters hate. There are people out there that in, are just innately unhappy if unless they're going to win a Super Bowl. And even if they win a Super Bowl, they want to point out how wrong you are because they didn't win by 40 or 60 or 90. They're just mad. There are always people that are going to point out, yeah, but. And that's fine. But don't be don't be so ignorant and obstinate that you can't give credit where credit is due. They did mix things up. Those guys did make plays. The Packers did score. Their offense, their offense still needs work. They were not good. And winning this game, yes, the defense won the game and people don't want to admit that either. Remember, the Packers didn't give up a point in the second half. There's something to be said for that, too. Even, you know, Tua wasn't running the football. They couldn't run the football. The Packers tackling got better. They flew to the football better. So for all the times that they ran the football, and now they were throwing the football quite a bit because they had to because the Packers took the lead. But for all the times that uh, they ran the football, you know, that wasn't Tua. Mostert eight carries, 45 yards. Early on, he was gashing them. And then all of a sudden, they shut him down. Wilson, nine carries, 37 yards. He, he, they, they, they rushed for a total of 82 yards. We were worried about the rushing game. We were worried about the offensive line. Waddle still had five catches, 84-yard touchdown. You take that out of the ball game, it's a completely different game. That was just an incredibly poor play, broken play. Tariq Hill, four catches, 103 yards, never down to the end zone. That's all you wanted. Don't let him in the end zone. You know, so it it just, you know, the Packers were still, their defense held them to 28.6% on third down. It's not a bad way to go. And oh, by the way, go back to the first half. The the Dolphins were one of four on third down, 25%. Now the Packers were one of eight, 12.5%. The, Packers, the the biggest issue coming out of this game was not the fact that the Packers gave up 20 points in the first half. It was the fact that the offense couldn't punch the ball in the end zone. Their red zone offense sucks. Matt LaFleur was not creative and was disheveled when it came to play calling. It was just sporadic. It was goofy. It just didn't – it looked dysfunctional. It's it, This damn shotgun he's got to run all the freaking time is a joke. It's not creative. I'm calling – I'm literally calling the plays as I sat here and tweeted them out. I was calling the Packers offense. If you were a if you were a defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins, you could see I was calling their offense. This is what they're going to run. Shotgun, do a little fake that isn't even a fake, and then they're going to pass the ball off to the left-hand side. And look, 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 tap, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden it's going to break down. You could just see what they were going to do. And and they don't give AJ Dillon a chance running him out of shotgun all the damn time. It's the dumbest thing. It's not creative. And back when they were running, when they did run play action, which was beautiful to Big Dog, they hit him in the end zone for a touchdown. Beautiful. And they they just they do it sporadically. I don't know why, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the best play fakers in all of football when they run play action. And they just refuse to do it. 
I can't believe anybody that's considered this offensive guru like Matt LaFleur is that he's that ignorant because when they do it, it's done to perfection. Yeah, I know every now and then you got to run certain plays to set things up. I understand all of that. But this whole thing of just standing in shotgun, faking that handoff, here you go, and no motion, no nothing, it's, it's a lame offense. And it was bad. It was a bad offense. And that's the reason they got stuck in the red zone so often. That's the reason they were kicking field goals rather than punching it in. Any, any other apt offense of any kind would have blown the Miami Dolphins out and the Packers didn't. So that's where we are today. Do you have belief that the Packers can beat the Vikings coming up on Sunday at Lambeau Field? Stay tuned. This whole portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. That is exactly how you draw it up right there. Hell hell of a deal, man. Being down 10, and we did exactly what we said we were going to do. Right? We cut it to three, or we cut it to a one possession game at at half, and we took the opening possession. We scored. And how about our defense in that second half? Hey, listen. That was a four quarter battle, man. That's a damn good football team. And we did it. We came down to their house on a short week on Christmas. I'll tell you what, man. We are a resilient group. Nobody flinched. We stuck together. It wasn't pretty at times. But in the end, we found a way. And that's what good teams do. Family on three. One, two, three. Family. Welcome back to the program. Hey, don't forget, coming up tomorrow night, the Bill Michael Suttle back out on the road. We're going to be at Club Paragon on uh, Highway 100 in Greenfield. Come on out tomorrow night. Club Paragon tomorrow night, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And I uh, always love Club Paragon. Really looking forward to that. Good place. Uh, a lot of fun as we get ready to, uh, you know, push football into the new year. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. Um, let's get to the phone calls. Let's do that. Let's go to Tyler listening to us in Buffalo. Tyler, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Doing good, Bill. How's it going? Doing great. What's on your mind? Not much. I talked to you on Friday, and it, it looks like Joe Barry actually knows how to make a seven, second half adjustment there. I, that's what I said on Friday. You have to play press man and get in these guys' face, and you can't just let them. You can't play the two shell zone all game. Now, the question is, is, will he learn his lesson and actually do the same thing to Justin Jefferson? Because you can't just let that guy, you can't just leave him in the zone because he's going he's gonna to tear you apart. No, I would agree with that. The big thing with uh, the, the crossing pattern was the problem in that game against the Vikings. It seemed like, and it didn't matter where Justin Jefferson was on the field, if it was first and or second down in, in five or second down in 20. It just, the crossing pattern killed him. He would catch it in about a, a 10 to 15 yard, uh, you know, jaunt and then take off for another 20. And he just would seem to burn them all the time. And then finally they got open a couple of times downfield. Uh, I would put Jair on you. Remember, was the game Jair said shadow him yeah right that was the game Jair said I wanted him and they didn't want to give him to me and uh, that that to me was almost unforgivable so now we'll see if Joe Barry learned his lesson at all in this upcoming game no doubt if he didn't then there, there, there's no way they can win 
Right. No, I would agree with that. Yep. 100%. Thanks for the phone call. 877-867-1670. Let's go Mike listening to us in Cudahy. Mike, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, good morning, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. You Uh, bet. I was listening to you uh, previous segment. You know, you were so spot on when you're talking about the shotgun and, you know, third down. And, you know, when you're that predictable, I mean, our defense plays a soft zone. So all they got to do is throw underneath, you know, and we're giving them third downs all the time. What, you know, and then they could flood our zones up at the top. I mean, you got to be very, you just got to be creative. Um, but as far as this upcoming game bill uh, with the Vikings, I think there's a little bit of angst and payback coming. And I, I think these two teams are not the same two teams when they previously met for the first time. I think what's going to happen is I think this is going to be a great game. I think the Packers will come out ahead. They will win uh, based on, well, the chemistry is better with the pack now from as, as before, and uh, they've grown a lot, and they're healthier. And I think, like you say, one of the components are peaking, and they're, 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 yeah, a little bit of luck too, but I think they're going to squeak into the playoffs, and then that's a, who knows what happens after that. And I think that uh, – my expectations are, are high, I think, based on if they keep performing the way they did, uh, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, appreciate the phone call. I love the optimism. If they play to their capability, and two things need to happen, this is, this is what needs to happen for the, for the Packers to get themselves into the postseason. One is Matt LaFleur has to figure out the offense and the play calling. Obviously, you want to get Christian Watson back, and you'd love to get David Bakhtiari back and such. Okay, all of that. Um, But he has to figure out the play calling. It looked disjointed. It looked dysfunctional. It looked like it just was stale in the first half of that game against Miami. And the red zone offense between you, me, and the fence post sucks. Sucks. Was terrible. Okay? Secondly... Uh, for uh, Mr. Gray to go in and start chewing the ass of the defense at halftime of both the game against the Bears and the game against Miami, where's Joe Barry? Is he not a motivator? Just, I, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I'm just checking. Is he not a motivator? But uh, the defense comes to life um, seemingly when they get chewed out in the second half, I guess. You know, um, you know, you go into halftime and you look at it and you're thinking to yourself, okay, uh, well, maybe, you know, you know, Jerry Gray, the defensive backs coach, if Jerry Gray starts chewing on us, oh, okay, maybe then we'll start playing well. Where's Joe Barry? Where's Joe Barry? He's 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 supposed to be your leader. Is he just not a a motivator? <laughs> I just thought I'd ask it. When you got Jerry Gray being the guy that's called out to say, Jerry Gray's the guy that got in our ass. Jerry Gray's the guy that fired fired us up. Jerry Gray's the guy that that kind of told us what's going on. Where's your coordinator? Where's your coordinator? Just thought I'd throw it out there. Just uh, just another notch against the milk toast, passive, soft ass zone, Joe Barry. You got to figure that out too. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into all this. Hey, coming up tonight, good stuff. 
Milwaukee Admirals back on the ice, home ice tonight, heading down to that game, as a matter of fact. If you're going to head down to the Admirals game, or any Admirals game for that matter, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com for all the hockey action down at the UW Panther Arena. And uh, there's shuttles from all over the place that go down to that particular game uh, or the, the Admirals games or Marquette games or UW Panther games or whatever happens to be going on downtown, Bucks games. But uh, the Admirals are on home ice tonight. Looking forward to it. You got Bucks tonight or Marquette tonight, uh, Admirals tonight. Downtown's going to be a buzz, downtown Milwaukee. Going to the Admirals, checking it out, whether it's single-game tickets, the rest of the season, promotional tickets, specialty groups, whatever. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends, it's Social House, H-A-U-S, over there on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Great for watching any sporting event, that cozy atmosphere. But the food, yeah, they have the highly acclaimed cheese curd burger over there at the Social House. And get this, you buy a drink on Sunday morning, free pancakes. So when we're all getting up on New Year's Day, (laughs) free pancakes. Not a bad way to go. That's our friends over there at the Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Mike listening to us in Whitewater. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's up? Good morning, Bill. You kind of took my thunder away. I was going to ask you about gray, uh, ripping them new ones at halftime. And I agree with you, uh, about Barry. Then why is your defensive, uh, backfield coach ripping them new ones? Where's Barry? And secondly, wasn't, um, Gray up for the defensive uh, coordinator's job when he hired Barry? Uh, he was. He was one of the guys that could be considered, absolutely, but you know, he didn't ultimately get the job. There was that friendship that they had had between those two. Uh, but, you know, I look, I, I, I get it. Position coaches can get you fired up if they're that fiery kind of guy. It's happened before. Uh, but still, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where where is your coordinator? I mean, I go back to Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin was a fiery guy. Mike Pettin would get in guys' rear ends. Uh, Dom Capers didn't. Uh, other guys did. Uh, you look at uh, guys since then. Uh, you know, you you go back to Slocum and all those guys that were <coughs> special teams guys. They weren't fiery guys. It was positional coaches that were. So it's not all the time. But boy, you'd like to see your coordinator, a guy that's really under the gun, be the guy that gets you fired up rather than one of your assistants. Two more questions, Bill. What do you yeah. think? We all know Barry's got to go. Do you think Gray would be considered? Um, I think he would be considered. I don't think he'd get the job. Okay, and then I, I'm secondly, just, I just think if if they go after a defensive coordinator, they're going to go after a guy that's probably out in the market, that's probably got a lot of uh, street cred, because they're going to do this to try to you know kind of put everything together for over the next two years and then call it a, call it a career. Okay, my next question: With Hackett being fired, do you think they bring him back and then move Stenovich to the offensive line guy again and? Butkus's assistant? You know, that's a great question. I appreciate it, Mike, as always. I look at it as I'd love to see Nathaniel Hackett and have that brain trust back again, especially for the fact that Nathaniel Hackett was kind of uh, one of Aaron Rodgers' you know, confidants, so to speak. 
but it's hard to take a guy and demote them in the league. Um, it just it it very rarely happens, but it can. I mean, Bill Belichick certainly has done it, right? He's done it numerous times, and had a guy or a coordinator, somebody that he lost. You know, who knows? Maybe McDaniel ends up back on the open market again if they decide maybe next year to kind of can him out there in, in Las Vegas and get rid of him as far as the Raiders go, and maybe they bring him back again. It's not to say it's out of the realm of possibility. That's for sure. Or maybe he becomes like the offensive – he's above the coordinator. He becomes like the offensive assistant of – you know, the, the you know assistant head coach or something like that of the offense. I mean, they create titles all the time if you can bring a guy back. So who knows? Maybe they could bring Nathaniel Hackett back. I wouldn't mind seeing it. That's for sure. But uh, I don't know if they would actually do that or not. Uh, 877-867-1670. This is from Mark who says the next two games determine whether Packers really deserve to be there. Obviously, they're going to have to beat the Minnesota Vikings, but it's going to be a playoff atmosphere if it comes down to Detroit or Green Bay getting in at Lambeau Field. Well, let's be honest. The the, the Packers, here's the difference, because everybody says, well, it's the regular season versus the postseason. Packers are in the postseason. You're in do or die right now. Okay? So, in essence, you are in the postseason. The difference is when people say, well, they are in the playoffs. Eh, yes and no. Yes, they are because for their postseason life. But they will still have games. If they lose this game against Minnesota, their postseason hopes are pretty much gone. But they still have another game to play. Whereas you get to the postseason, you lose, there is no tomorrow. The only reason you're going into the facility the next day is to clean out your locker. If you lose, if you would have lost this past week or you lose this coming weekend, then, you know, you got you still got another game. You know you're not going to go to the postseason, but you still got another game. Whereas postseason comes with a different level of of tension, so to speak. Not to say they don't have it, because they do. I just think when you get to the postseason, it's just a different, amped-up level of energy. It just is. There's a different feel to it. Even the fans feel it. You know, the fans showing up to tailgate. And that, here's the one thing that's interesting. How much or how well... Will Packers fans travel? God forbid they get Minnesota. What are those tickets going to be like over there in Minnesota? How many Packers fans are going to be traveling to Minnesota? Oh, can't wait. Can't wait to find out. 877-867-1670. But, yeah, you right now you are playing, you know, quality football teams, and you just beat a quality football team. You beat a team that still could end up in the postseason. So for, for people that say, well, they've only beaten bad teams, they beat the hell out of the Cowboys. They went toe-to-toe for the most part with Philadelphia. They played decently against Buffalo. And then, sure, they beat uh, Chicago twice. They beat a really bad Rams team. But then they went into Miami, and they beat Miami, right? I don't fault them for that. You can only play the teams on your schedule. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers reviewed the tape of their win over the Dolphins. Green Bay added some players to their injury list. Right tackle Yash Nyman, a shoulder injury. Return man Keyshawn Nixon, a groin. And Matt LaFleur asked about if Christian Watson will be able to practice tomorrow with a hip injury. No, I, yeah, he, he will be day-to-day, and we'll see how he progresses throughout the week. And uh, certainly he is a difference maker out there. What about uh, Keyshawn and Yash? I, I put all those guys in the same boat. In Miami, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavaiola is in the concussion protocol again after having symptoms the day after the game. He's now under observation. Up next, the Packers host the Vikings, who beat the Giants on a last-second field goal from 61 yards out. Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell. There's a lot of things that we can do better. Um, a lot of things coaches can do better, but... Um, no better feeling than doing it after you're winning your 12th game of the season, still with two to go. And Packers left guard Elton Jenkins talked with reporters about signing his new contract extension with the team worth an estimated $68 million. You know, the, the, the team always told me, the coaches and um, the people upstairs always told me how much they liked me, how much they wanted me to be here. So um, and I wanted to be here as well. So I feel like, you know, something's going to get done. You know, the time just had to be right. You know, we just had to get everything right and agree to terms. What's the first thing you did after? I called my mom. That's Packers left guard Elton Jenkins in Green Bay I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels show welcome back good to have you on board hey don't forget about our friends at Cunis RV I know it's not normally the time to start looking for one but I did uh, we were out yesterday uh, we went over to uh, the uh, the Lux golf base yesterday Kind of hung out. We were over there at the ski hill and such. And uh, don't forget our friends at Cunis RV. And the reason I bring it up is because there was a big RV there. And they had the heat going on the inside. They brought in a bunch of kids and skiers and such. And they're out traveling the country and doing some things. And it's not the most, it's not the best time to be out uh, cruising around in an RV. But if you got good heating in there, uh, not a bad way to go. Start traveling the country and seeing many different things. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. Whether it's a motorhome, a fifth wheel, camper van, travel trailer, whatever it is, Cunis RV has got you covered. Again, go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That's CunisRV.com. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's talk to our buddy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, I guess LaFleur said all those guys are day-to-day, so we don't know what that means anyway. So Yeah, we you know, know. Um, he's going to check the tape and let us know. <laughs> you know, as far as Watson, you know, uh, I hate to say the word soft, you, don't, you know what I mean, but mm-hmm. he's a key, a big, a big, big key to the offense because he clears the field so they could do crossing patterns and underneath stuff, and he could take it anytime, anywhere. He's that quick. And it, it, he has to stay on the field. I think I tweeted that to you. I said, I said, the guy has to stay on the field. And there's a couple other things. You talk about turnovers. Now, they had, what, four turnovers against the Dolphins. And how many points did they score off those turnovers? How we, uh, we can't forget the four turnovers that we got against the Bucks, And what, we get three points out of all those turnovers? Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and then there's a couple other things. Um, if they don't get a pass rush on Cousins, he's going to kill them. The only way they beat Minnesota is when they really get a pass rush. Remember, Zandarius Smith, who's on their team now, he got about four or five sacks against them in that one game. And I don't know if you watched the San Diego uh, game last night with uh, their safety putting that big hit on uh, on the receiver, and they threw him out of the game. Yeah, no, uh, I did not, but I heard about it this morning. I saw the highlights oh, this morning. It was, 
was huge. It was a big hit. But, you know, back in the day, that was nothing. That was normal. That was allowed. Yeah, that was allowed. That's fine. But you see, the problem is, Bill, and you were talking about this before with the concussion stuff and every other injuries. You get all these networks on, and they get all these, you know, they're so sanctimonious, and they're hand-wringing and all this other stuff. And like you said, they're always blaming somebody else. They're always, but it's the owner's fault, or it's this fault, or that fault. You know, things happen sometimes. You know, you mm-hmm. just can't help that. You get tackled, you hit your head. This is, right. this is. come on now. What are you supposed to do? Is the ref supposed to run up and put a pillow underneath before you hit the ground? I don't understand this. You know, this it's, is uh, I, the, you're, you're right. You're very right when you say sanctimonious. It's a lot of former players that want to blame the NFL because uh, I, I usually agree with Ryan Clark. He does a lot of good things, but today he wanted to blame the NFL, and I said there's no way. He's right in the sense that the NFL doesn't want to see a lot of the high-end, big-name quarterbacks out. They want to see, as the playoffs approach, they want to see those big-name quarterbacks in, and they want to see good matchups, and I agree with that. But to, to act as if somehow this whole thing for Tua – to get tackled and not report that he had concussion symptoms to anybody until the next day and nobody noticed it, how you blame the NFL for that? It's like, no, the NFL has gotten a lot softer, has gotten a lot more protective of the players. It just has. Innately it has. And now they're talking about doing it even, taking it even further with this whole targeting thing like they do in college, which I completely disagree with because it becomes more, you don't know what's in the guy's head or heart when he makes a hit, and now you're going to determine that by throwing him out of a game, which I think is garbage. So this whole thing about you got to blame somebody. for No, the guy got hit. He fell down, hit his head, didn't tell anybody. Maybe maybe didn't even feel the, the, the symptoms until the next day. You don't even know. And all of a sudden, it's the NFL's fault. I, I think it's garbage. I think it's you know clearly guys with an axe to grind because they feel like pieces of meat, which I've always said they always feel like a piece of meat until it's a business on their side, and they want they want to get paid. Then all of a sudden, it's a business, and that's always been something that's bothered me when it comes to the sanctimonious and more so hypocritical side of players when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, it, it's like that. But my point is, you're talking about that targeting stuff and the whole bit and everything that happens in college. How many times are those guys going down and the guy's going to throw his shoulder and he ends up going helmet to helmet? Yep. You know what I mean? All the you time. See that? All it, the time. It happens yep. all the time. You can't have that in the NFL. I mean, come no. on now. This is, this is ridiculous. Look, I, I'm, I know sometimes I'm over the top old school and whatever. But if you, look, if you don't want to play the game, don't play the game. But you got to understand when you go out there and play, it's a physical game. You're going to get your clock cleaned a couple of times in your career. This is what's going to happen. Right. So that you know, and, and I I can't agree with you more that that uh, about the Packer offense. They get so many turnovers, they don't score off the turnovers. They don't. They really don't. They have not been able to – their offense has been pretty – Gerard, thanks for the phone call. Their their offense has been pretty inept all season. And whether it's Rodgers locking on a guy, which Rodgers took that sack early on in this game and the game against Miami, should have never taken that sack. Granted, it happened in a bang-bang play, but he's got to be better than that. If he's the smartest guy in the room, as he claims to be and everybody else claims he'd be, he's got to know. You toss that ball to the back end of the end zone. You just wail it. You don't take that sack, you know. Twice he had guys open underneath, refused to take him, tried to force it in further downfield. Rather, than, Robert Tanya was so wide open at one point, which I don't know how you didn't see him because you were looking down that direction anyway. 
because you threw the ball over Tanyan to throw it another 15 yards downfield to try to force it to Romeo Dobbs. And it ended up being an incomplete pass. But you had Robert Tanya wide, wide open. Now, granted, it was, I think, like a second and 10 or something like that, and he was only about seven yards. But Tanya, all he needed to do was catch the football and fall forward. That was it. And he would have ended up picking up the first down. Sometimes we can talk about Matt, Matt, Matt LaFleur and the play calling, but there were a couple of times in that ball game where that was all on Aaron Rodgers. That was all on Rodgers. We'll talk more about that when we come back. One hour now, we got more to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.